0: Aw, that's not true. Don't be mean.
1: Oh, God. Jax, please,
0: right? Yeah. Dude, are you serious? Did you literally just hit record just yeah. now? Like, as soon as you did it, he was like, now's a good time no, to that Now eat. he's
1: making a collection of one pebble. Can we rectify the
0: situation? What <laughs> you your freshly cleaned
1: floor bomb diddy bomb dang, dang. that's hilarious
0: like you just clean i know and then also you just hit record
1: and i was just listening to kid rock and that's where that came from <laughs> for all of you that were curious uh we're y'all recording this on July the 3, right before July the 4, and I saw a meme that's probably been shared about a thousand times by the time you're hearing this, but if you don't leave out your charcoal and beer, Kid Rock will not leave you any fireworks.
0: I don't have charcoal. We do have beer, though.
1: Welcome to the Nightmare Box, (laughs) presenting Mistakes Were Made, featuring Brett Bloom, and I am sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, the curly-haired, the fantastic Filmmaker, podcaster, podcast editor, and occasionally, um, nurse's aide.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also Kristen, featuring... Uh, Kristen Pennington. Uh, Jax is chomping. <laughs> yeah.
1: Jax waited until the exact second I hit the big red button to just start <laughs> chomping. Yeah. Enjoy it from the others. Don't fucking bring it over here, bro. <laughs> You're, I know, you want to be a part. If you want to be a part, you can learn how to speak. Okay? Rough? I would have
0: died if he had barked. Just if then. he had
1: barked, I would have shit my pants. Alright, let's do
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> He just spilled. Does he's, any, he's, do any of you have dogs that do this? He gets a massive mouthful from the bowl and then dumps it into the floor and eats individual pieces <laughs> from the floor. He
1: does it one at a time.
0: Yeah. He's just... I think He can't just eat straight from the bowl. <laughs>
1: He prefers to lick up his own hairs with the kibbles and bits. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. <laughs> that's how we're starting. That's how we're starting, Jax. That's it's the energy you've brought to the podcast. I hope you're proud. Don't look at me like that with your one ear pointed at the wall. Yeah, no, fuck you. He's very like right. proud. <laughs> um, but I'm in a good mood today. I'm in a good mood today because for the first time since January, I have two days off.
0: <laughs> and yeah. it is July. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I've got two whole days off. i got literally everything that I need to get done today. Like I, it, It's all over. So
0: tomorrow is just like Tomorrow literally.
1: is editing, building a oh. resume, getting some writing done. No, if you think I'm going to sit on the couch <laughs> on, my, on my one proper day off, you're out of your fucking. I'm going to get so much work done on my day off to put people to shame. Might start drinking at like three, be blackout drunk by the time <laughs> the fireworks come through. Oh, definitely by the time I get home. It's going to be a problem. I'd be like, I had a long day at work. And I'd be like, I was lesson... <laughs> fucking <laughs> <laughs> Hank Williams Jr. or something.
0: Make dinner, sit outside, and think you've already eaten dinner. Yeah.
1: That's what, we, that's what I used to do before you showed up.
0: You've yeah. done it once to me while we were sitting outside together. You were like, I thought we ate already. I was wondering why I was so hungry. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was, I was alone for a long, long time before you showed up in my life, and there was a serious, like, maybe a year-long part of that where I would cook and then put the food in the microwave and then drink and then forget that I because there was no visible food because I'd put it in the microwave. And it would take until like the next morning I'd wake up and I'd go to use the microwave for whatever fucking reason. There'd be chicken in there and fucking zucchini and I'd be like, God damn it, I did it again. I tricked myself into thinking I'd already eaten food. And I don't eat lunch and I oftentimes don't eat breakfast. So we're talking like days on end I would just go without eating. I'd be like, well, yeah, of course, I feel a little sick. Losing weight like crazy, but uh, and
0: while we were dating before I moved in, I'd have to be like, So, did you eat dinner? <laughs> <laughs> or is that still in it the microwave? You'd have to
1: remind me at like 9.30, I'd be home at six, dinner would be cooked by seven. You'd be like, Okay, so did you ever get around to uh <laughs> heating up the delicious meal that you made so it tastes like it's been sitting under a heat it's lamp?
0: rubbery, for three
1: hours? yeah. <laughs> just gross shit no more of that since you moved in i get like a cigarette maybe two and then we come in and we eat what i just cooked and then they just sit out on the porch for three hours (laughs) um yeah man it's fucking awesome um we're not coming to you with a two-star this week if you haven't gathered by now um (laughs) three weeks in a row we've missed it but that's okay Uh, because we did go on Netflix and there is only one movie that meets the requirements that we haven't seen yet so uh, that movie is satanic I'm sure we'll try to get to it next week um, if they don't load better movies on there but uh, sure (laughs) we're missing our obligations because we're in the middle of a move
2: Um,
1: but we don't really have that many options. I've not come across another zoom beavers or fucking zoomies or Beavers or fucking <laughs> beavers in a zoom beavers beaver <laughs>
0: I've, yet to, <laughs> I've
1: yet to discover anything that looks remotely interesting in the whole horror catalog, let alone just
0: it's ever, two I didn't star really think about that, that there would be more To choose from closer to Halloween, like that is an interesting, I guess, realization about horror films that we've categorized them into the fall, and then every other time of year they're slim pickings. It's a
1: part of the reason why I have not been in a rush to go see the new Chucky. Like Mm -hmm. we definitely need to go see the new Chucky, Um, but horror films that come out in July are typically not that spectacular <laughs> like you normally drop them around halloween get those hardcore fans and all of the amateurs um to come watch it you know yeah. it's hard to get an actual like you're only going to get the cult following of chucky in the middle of july like just had, end like, of june
0: like they've got some actors in it that are you know, relatively known actors, so I'm sure it doesn't just suck, but I just I can't get past the way they made him look. Like,
1: that is 100% my problem, but uh, I also had a problem with them replacing Winston with a tabby cat uh, for Pet Cemetery, so it, it might be something that, you know, I can get past, but
0: yeah,
1: I've seen all of the Chucky films, and I, you know, you bastardized my boy. You made him look <laughs> like a middle schooler, you know? Oh,
0: well, it's just, it's very clearly cgi and it's not Mm -hmm. like uh, like cgi is such a fine balance of doing it well and overdoing it and he doesn't even look like a doll he looks like a computer rendering
1: (laughs) my boy freddie said that it was really good he actually enjoyed it Mm -hmm. and chucky's one of his favorites like Chucky's like his my michael myers you know (laughs) (laughs) like like uh, the the level that i hold michael at is like where he holds that. Uh, him and Kruger, obviously, because his name's Freddy. So um, uh, so I've heard good things about it from somebody whose horror opinion I definitely respect. Um, but no, I'm not, I'm not in a rush. I don't care if we wait till it comes out on DVD. Hi.
0: <laughs> I'm not dying to see it.
1: I've also not seen the new Halloween movie, just... To make it clear, I've yet. You know, I, it's the return of Jamie Lee Curtis. She's apparently a fucking genuine badass. I've not watched the movie.
0: I did hear that one was good too. We should that, catch up on those.
1: Did Carpenter come back for that? Was that another part of that? I don't know. If Carpenter came back and I get to see this, I'm gonna walk
0: into the bathroom and slit my wrists. Yeah, I could look it up, but that's not really what this episode's <laughs> about. So. <laughs>
1: Um, so what do you want to, what do you want to dive into?
0: Do you hear that? I'm getting like weird feedback every time you move. That's my chair. Oh, okay. I thought it was your headphones. I was like, why is it doing that? No, okay.
1: I've got a faux leather chair and it squeaks <laughs> when I lean back and I'm fidgety.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I had a couple of things to talk about. Um, I guess first, since you brought up the move, um, I know we keep just referring to it as the move. I'm being vague on purpose. So, sorry, (laughs) listeners. (laughs) It's a secret. (laughs) But um, I was thinking earlier today, because I haven't really filmed much of anything this year. We've had a lot of other stuff going Mm. on. And um, we watched a documentary last night. Uh, What was that called? It's the Morgan Freeman one about God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm a fan of documentaries, like, always really liked them. I'm and a fan of getting
1: hammered and watching shit about politics and religion. <laughs> Nothing like a hyper-controversial topic to make me go to sleep.
0: <laughs> yeah, you passed out at the tail end of that second one.
1: I, I like, loved it.
0: I was just like, oh, God, it was I'm midnight. so relaxed
1: listening to the apocalypse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, um, I haven't really done any documentaries myself, and so I was thinking, because our, uh move is going to be a bit of a change. Uh <laughs> You know, filming kind of that adventure and <laughs> you keep looking over at Max and it's making me... There's just a try. fly
1: flying around him oh, and it's pissing him off and he just keeps spinning oh, around yeah. in circles.
0: <laughs> I'm he, sorry. He goes in kill mode when he sees bugs. <laughs> But yeah, I was thinking about. He jumped
1: at my thumb or my toe this morning. Oh
0: yeah, I forgot about that.
1: <laughs> like completely fucking bolted. This fly is gonna get it. Like, <laughs> I won't stand up to a toe, but I'm gonna fuck up this little fly. I'm sorry. <laughs> Got animals. The animals. You're ruining
0: are awesome. the vibe now.
1: I'm not you always, ruining the vibe. You always, I'm talking about cats. You People always blame cats. It on me.
0: <laughs> People love cats. <laughs> yeah, my my cats. My dude's a bit of a weirdo. He's like. So super anxious. Like, I don't know if he, like, picks up on my personality or what, but, like, the tiniest things freak him out. He jumped up on the bed earlier, and Brett wiggled his toe, and it scared him, (laughs) and he ran away. Like,
1: he fell backwards off the bed. Yeah. Damn near landed on his spine.
0: And he's never... There he goes, chasing (laughs) this fly. He's never been outside. He's been an indoor cat his whole life. But, like, he will freak the fuck out if he sees a bird outside. He starts making these weird, like, cackling sounds, and... His tail twitches, and he goes in, like, killer mode, and then, yeah, he sees a bug. I sent uh, Brett a picture of the spider that was in my room back when we were, like, living separately, and um, I was like, oh my god, like, I can't sleep, there's this fucking spider in my room, I don't know what I'm gonna do, and you were like, you can come over if you're really that freaked out, and the spider disappeared, I couldn't find it, I had no idea where it went, and the next day I came home, and Max had killed it for me, so.
1: Hell Yeah. Because the other day I watched Winston and him fuck with a cockroach and then let it live. And it got away. And there was just a Um, cockroach that I I trusted that between the three animals, somebody was going to kill that goddamn thing. And it never turned up dead, so... uh,
0: I'm still telling myself, because there is a beetle. I don't know what the name of it is, but there is a beetle that exists that looks kind of like cockroaches. So to appease myself, I'm telling myself that you're wrong and that was a beetle. Because there is a cockroach in this apartment, I'm going to be very sad. <laughs> I'm sorry. <dude. laughs> but we've derailed completely. Yeah. Well, I, That's what I
1: do. <laughs> that's why I have no future.
0: You have a whole thing of show notes and you totally have a future. Quit being pessimistic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you have a whole bunch of show notes and you definitely have a future. <laughs> You're going to make it through the next hour, hour and a half, Brent, okay? It's not just going to fucking fall apart. (laughs)
0: You said you were in a good mood. You can't go negative. I am. I'm in a great mood. (laughs) That didn't sound very convincing. (laughs) But anyways, so yeah, I I was thinking about filming, like, some of the journey and, like, doing a mini documentary of how holy fuck of a change it's going to be. So, you you might know it's going to be another year
1: yeah no it's (laughs) going to be brilliant i think it was a a, a fantastic idea that you came up with you told me because you were sitting anxious in the bath then after you get done with the bath you normally take a shower so like you settled yourself down in the shower Mm -hmm. and um came up with this this concept and i think it's a brilliant concept I think I tried to one-up you. I was like, no, we we interview people at rest stops. We go take a camera in to, like, the person sitting at the hotel desk that night and, like, try to, like, I don't know, rattle people, like, along the way. Like, hey, man, what'd you want to be when you wanted to grow up?
0: <laughs> when you wanted to grow up? <laughs> yeah.
1: So that, I mean, that, that, that's... It's a flub of the phrase, but it's an accurate. (laughs) Yeah, but it's an accurate way. Like Mm. some people, you know, just don't want to grow up. You know, like we deal with people all the time. I've got it in my
2: show notes. Um,
1: (laughs) We deal with people all the time that are just like it scares the absolute shit out of them that you might be chasing your dream Mm -hmm. because they gave up a long fucking time ago. So, like, I hear it constantly. I heard it all the way through college when I was, you know, doing that. And people would come into the shop and see me poured over, like, 15 books on the jewelry counter. Like, I need to put it together. (laughs) I need to know everything there is about this dude who died 500 (laughs) fucking years ago. Like, um... And they'd be like, well, why do you want to be a writer? And I'd be like, well, what kind of fucking question is that, okay? Because I'm not a good mechanic? I don't know, it takes me four hours to change my oil? I think that's probably got something to do with it. (laughs) If I was a fucking shoe in at any other goddamn position, don't you think I would do that? Why would I do this to myself? I digress. Uh, (laughs) um, Or uh, more recently, why do you want to move? You know, Mm -hmm. they're like, well, why would you ever want to do that? It's like, have you lived in this town? How long have you lived in this town? Because I moved here when I was 10. I'm 28 and I hate this fucking place. (laughs) Like That's why I want to leave. Mm -hmm. And they immediately start drumming up in their heads the things that are holding them back. But we don't have any kids. Yeah. We don't have a job that justifies us staying here. We can quite easily make the same money we're making now in the town that we're moving to. Um... And it just horrifies people, you know. It horrifies the people that are complicit in the day job routine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. I thought that was interesting. It is. I thought it, it, is. Thought it yeah. like, walks us into a whole I feel like
0: there are a lot of people that live here, too, because I yeah. have never really left, like...
1: There are every day. It's one of the fastest developing areas. <laughs>
0: Uh, In the country. (laughs) Like, I have never. All the jobs are coming to Nashville.
1: I need to get the fuck out of here. I don't know. Uh,
0: (laughs) I've never really left this, like, Eastern region. Like, I've gone to, like, Florida, you know, for vacations. Uh I've, like, gone up to Ohio to see a friend or whatever. But I feel like a lot of the people here that live in, like, these small town areas have never really gone and experienced the world either. And I think that's part of it, too. Like, a fear of change or a fear of the unknown or leaving your comfort zone that you've been in your whole life.
1: And whether that's a move or whether that's walking out of your job at the bank, I Mm -hmm. think it's, you know, one of the bravest things you can do. And you're, again, not going to spontaneously fucking die. So do it. Like Mm -hmm. shift your fucking mind to where that's a possibility.
0: It is interesting to think about though like the difference in the way people view that like I have an anxious personality anyway so like this whole thing is (laughs) (laughs) this whole thing is like very like oh my god what are we gonna do you know but at the same time like my whole life like I've never even been on an airplane because my my mother is terrified of So anytime we ever like went anywhere, we always had to go somewhere we could drive to. So anytime we went to Florida or anything like that, we would drive there. Um, And as an adult, I've just never really had a reason to be on an airplane. So I've I've never even been on an airplane. That's how like rooted in this little area of the country I am. And it's frustrating because it's just like there's so much out there that I haven't seen and I haven't experienced and do I really want to die? never having known what any of that felt like or, or looked, looked like, like or like. tasted like. Yeah, smelled you know? like. Yeah.
1: Tennessee smells like a hot urine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I did actually. It's the first time I've ever thought that because you've been saying that the whole time we've been dating. I'm like, no, it doesn't. I did actually walk out to the parking garage from work the other day and thought it smelled a little like piss. And I was like, that's... That's new. Like, why does it smell that way? It's
1: not new, you're just noticing it. It's just it's everywhere. It's, I, everybody smells like pee.
0: <laughs> it shouldn't have a parking garage for a hospital though. Yeah. It, that's a little weird.
1: Well, that's probably a homeless person pissing oh. in a hospital garage.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my god, it smells like pee over here, yeah, bro. It was right. No, my
1: stepbrother Nick pointed it out to me. Like <laughs> Out to go see him and he was like dude have you ever noticed that it just smells like piss down there and then I took a deep breath of Montana air so that's where he lives and uh took this deep breath of air and I was like oh this place doesn't smell like urine like (laughs) there are places that don't smell like urine and then I remembered like England doesn't smell like urine like England, like London, smells like tea. Like, if not London proper, but like the areas outside where you can breathe anything but exhaust smoke. Those places all smell like tea, and the people all smell like tea,
2: <laughs> right?
1: And then uh, in Japan, it's it's, it's, it's its own place. It all, like, smells like ramen. Like, it's it kind of got that spicy smell. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Florida smells like salt.
1: Yeah, all of Florida just smells like salt, but Tennessee smells like God's... Urinal. In the middle of the Bible Belt, Tennessee is where God just wags his dick and pisses on top of urinal cakes. And we are the urinal cakes in God's urinal.
2: Oh, that's a
1: lovely Tennessee image. can go fuck itself.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. On to, I just uh... need to go
1: out of my way to keep my mom off my listenership. Okay? That's all I'm doing right there i going to shock mom away so that she's like, okay. Mm. Gives myself permission to. You know,
0: Not listen to this. Say, hey, mom. <laughs> this is your reminder. This is your you son can, speaking. You can log off now.
1: <laughs> God has a massive penis and he wags it over the people of Middle Tennessee.
0: <laughs> oh if I my wrote God. for the
1: onion, that'd be Okay, okay.
0: I'm going to corral this in a little bit. <laughs> um. So you mentioned the pawn shop earlier, and uh, yeah, like when you first started working there, you used to, like, you were still in school, so you had to, you know, write and work on stuff too, but you used to do a lot of work there, and you know, things have kind of changed recently, and you haven't really been able to, like, do as much of your writing work lately, so you and I have both read... Um, on writing by Stephen King yeah. and that's a, a big thing he talks about in there like the importance of kind of having his space to write and like closes himself off in his office and you know, doesn't share his book or like anything he's working on until he hits a certain stage in it Yeah, so <laughs> how important is your environment when you're writing like not specifically just writing in general which that too because obviously being harassed by meth heads in a pawn shop, you're not getting anything done, but, like, you write horror, so does that change the environment you're, like, working in? Or if you were going to write a romantic novel, do you light some candles, put on some berry White? Like, well, what like do I've, you do? I've, I've
1: never tried to write a romantic novel. Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, I just mean, like, different genres. My
1: only requirement, because I can write damn near anywhere, because I, I, I did all of the college stuff in a retail pawn shop, mm-hmm. you know, like, the people in and out all the time um as long as nobody is expecting my attention i can hit a flow state in a packed room like if i if i can look down at a piece of paper i can do whatever i need to do with horror it's a little easier i think um Because you will get interrupted, and the more they piss you off, the better your violence is going to (laughs) be. You're like, so there I was, sitting on a jewelry counter, and then somebody comes up to you, and they're like, hey, guys, can I use your restroom? And you're like, no, sir, you can't use the restroom. And then he walks away, and then you're like, and then out of nowhere, some dude came out with a knife and cut the liver out of this homeless man who just (laughs) wanted to use the restroom. You could could draw a lot out of them,
2: joking.
1: (laughs) I I, I much prefer sitting at my desk Mm -hmm. um, in complete silence. It's important to know how to do it in a room full of people, but if you're constantly being interrupted or people are constantly trying to split your attention, it's impossible, you'll never do it because you'll never hit a flow, you'll get three sentences down You'll start to kind of feel it coming in and then somebody's like, hey Brett. And then like, you're fucked.
2: Mm-hmm. Now
1: you're fucked. Now you gotta go back to it. You get three sentences and hey Brett and you're fucked again. Eventually you get a paragraph down and you're like, you know what? You can suck my dick. This whole place can suck my dick. Mm-hmm. I I I can't do my job at my job. <laughs> you know, the that is the the most important thing. But I think it's important for for like all the arts, right? Like um, if you wanted to paint a picture, you can't have somebody standing over your shoulder asking you questions the entire time you're painting a picture. But if you were also, I don't know, uh, trying to make a computer program, having somebody over your shoulder taking away your attention, yeah. the people just don't take those things seriously enough. People leave you alone if you're looking at your phone. Uh I have been interrupted more times trying to read a physical book, not even on a tablet. Like, I've got a book in hand, broken spine, flipping pages.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, people will interrupt you in the middle of a book. They won't go, excuse me, sir, and then you, like, hold up your hand like you used to be able to do and be like, just let me get to the end of the paragraph. They will just start talking to you
0: ironically i did that to you this morning yeah like you started to say something i was like let me finish the sentence
1: (laughs) but the trick is like i guess like if i read on a tablet they'd leave me alone like people are so in love with their electronics they're like well that guy's busy on facebook you know (laughs) that guy is busy looking at butt on instagram (laughs) he's not you know we we don't want to get in the way of him but this guy over here trying to attain a personal education fuck that guy you know (laughs) like let's talk to that dude um but no it's it's very important to to have undivided attention on the thing that you're working on and nothing drives me crazier than going okay well i'm trying to focus on this thing and then something else trying to take my focus Mm -hmm. away from it
0: does the actual environment make any difference like Living yeah. in a
1: giant, empty apartment was great for writing the Madman Diaries, because <laughs> it was slowly driving me crazy while I was writing about people that were being driven insane. So, like, that that helped a lot, yeah.
0: Like, I, I, I can't read if there's noise. Like, if there's, like, mm-hmm. you know, some people will read and have, like, a radio going in the background, or a TV playing in the background, or whatever, and I'm just like, I can't, like focus on what I'm reading I and put like...
1: Beethoven on while I'm writing I, I like listen to a lot of classic music um at a low volume like I've got the record player and I like sitting at the desk I've got this Beethoven album uh, can't remember the exact composer it wasn't Beethoven they didn't have albums back then <laughs> <And coughs> never mind that was a joke um, <laughs> and I like to put that on you know so that's just playing in the background but There's no words, you know, so you're just kind of like... It almost helps you, like that or some Mozart or the classic piano. Do you
0: think having a prettier view is going to make a difference?
1: It's going to make a massive difference. It's probably going to change my writing style because I have a city writing style uh, where it's it's fast and it's clipped, Mm -hmm. and it's ever-changing, like the scenes don't sit, you know. having the view that we are going to is a little more isolationist, if you will. And the people we meet are going to be a lot more interested, mainly because of the culture shock and us trying to understand them. Uh, But I'm going to be able to attain or retain um, a part of the writing that I've already established. So it'll be interesting to see how that, you know, yeah, meets this almost romantic stillness, you know, and the kind of people that you're going to meet in those types of environments.
0: This is a bit of an offshoot. It wasn't really a topic I planned on talking about, but it made me think of it just then when you said that. Um, Was
1: it the neighbor's dog? No. Okay. <laughs> I can hear that too, though.
0: <laughs> you know, you're talking about your writing style. Um... Obviously, like, the more you write, the more you work on, like... And that's the AC kicking off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um,
1: Suck the air out of the room. That's
0: crazy, because it does kind of sound like the air is (laughs) just, like... Okay, anyway, that's not relevant. Um, And obviously, you know, as anyone gets older, like, their style period changes. Like, my taste in food has changed as I've gotten older. Like, my interests have changed. Your writing style is obviously going to change. Do you find that your style is like ever evolving and you're leaving behind your old style or do they kind of incorporate into each other or like how
1: I think you saved the best parts because Mm -hmm. uh, the, the parts that are your signature when it comes to writing. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's all right. You guys know we live in an apartment complex. There's going to be noises.
1: Yeah. There was a a stop to a noise and a louder one. Um, (laughs) Can you pose the question again? I'm sorry.
0: Um, like as your are like obviously, as your experiences in life are changing, your writing style is changing. Okay. Like do you leave behind your old styles? Do you incorporate bits of your new styles? Like how, how well, does that work?
1: You keep the stuff that you're in love with and that's kind of where your signature comes from. You know, like everybody, once you've found your voice... Uh, your voice isn't going to die. It's going to adapt, you know, to, to your experience and the types of stories that you want to tell. Like, my way of writing um, doesn't work in romantic c- comedy <laughs> style. Like, it's just not... I
0: never would have guessed. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: too depraved.
0: <laughs> they made um, out, and then he stabbed
1: her. But it's interesting to me. I've, I've moved more towards like a reflection or ref, ref, reflection. reflectionary yeah. is yeah. that the word um, stage of my life as I'm like trying to cope with everything that's kind of happened in these past couple of years in this upcoming thing and, um, that same horror style works for like this memoir-esque you know uh, reflection Stage that I'm kind of in right now Mm -hmm. but I think what's been key throughout it from the very beginning is a trick that I picked up I guess from Polinic um of letting um sorry I'm doing the um
0: I I said like in the last podcast that we posted (laughs) like 20 times in one sentence I was like oh god
1: trying to figure out how to word it um <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> a lot of it's based out of Pollenick from Survivor. And there's one particular scene in Survivor. I'm trying to remember what it is that he's cooking. I think it's a lobster. He's cooking a lobster for this rich family. And he has this whole dialogue, like an inner dialogue, and then he is on the phone with this rich lady explaining how to properly cook the lobster. And spoiler alert, this is like third chapter or whatever it is, not third chapter in the book, but Mm -hmm. probably the thirtieth because they're labelled backwards. Oh, are they? Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite books. It's (laughs) it it is the reason why I write. uh, All love to Chuck Palahniuk. Um, he's explaining to her how to cook this, and then he has now made the test lobster. So he is a you know former cult member or current cult member. I can't remember where he is personally at the time. Uh, takes a bite of the lobster and doesn't realize until he's halfway done eating it that the heartbeat is still going. The but lobster is still alive. He crazy. did not boil it to death. And that scene is stuck oh. with me. Oh
0: God! Okay. Yeah.
1: That level. Like the longer
0: you think about that, like he's dismembering it as he's like.
1: He's cooked it, he's dealing with all these internal pressures, he's dealing with an external pressure, and in the background, literally boiling, is the one extra detail that changes the scope of that. And that's what I would love to attain, mm-hmm. you know, like as a writer, and it's what I've aimed for a lot, is like focusing on so many of these tiny details. That the one thing that works is the exclusion to the rule. It's the one thing I haven't told you about until the very end of the thing. Mm-hmm. I like to do that. I aim to do that. Sometimes I do that well. When I do, I'm happy. So a lot of the times I fuck it up. But We got it too, love. It'll be... <laughs> <laughs> It didn't need a massive breakdown. Thank you from the audience out there in the hallway. <laughs>
0: God damn it. Which, that, that's kind of relevant to another thing I wanted to talk about, actually. That's this conversation. That wasn't
1: intentional.
0: <laughs> this conversation is flowing so well in my favor.
1: If we, if we would just stop bringing it up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then, mistakes wouldn't be made. No, no, no. <laughs> so, um... I've, we went into the the laundromat again. The, the diner. fucking diner. The diner. Well, somebody's going to log into this podcast for the first time ever on this episode and be like, they go to a diner a lot. Like, what are they doing? Yeah, <laughs> once a week we go to the <laughs> diner, okay? Once we a week. Go we go to a go fancy a diner. <laughs> there's
1: croissants, there's goddamn tea, scones,
0: biscuits.
1: Biscuits, there's definitely not a homeless woman talking to herself while well, she fucking
0: loads About how a pillowcase worth outed. of clothes
1: <laughs> and then throws the pillowcase in and she's excited that the bag fits too. It's like, not a bag, love, it's a pillowcase.
0: <laughs> anyway, we were at the laundromat. At the diner! We were at the diner <laughs> earlier today. And since we didn't do a two-star again today, I read some more of Pretty while Brett worked on his edits.
1: By Kim chinky
0: Yeah, I think we've decided that's how you pronounce her name, Um, because Doctor uh, Doctor Kim. We we butchered it the first time we brought her up, so sorry Kim if you're listening. Kim,
1: if you'd like to come on, I'd love to talk to you. (laughs) These are two people who've read your book and very impressed.
0: I'm not quite done with it. I've got about ten more pages. Very impressed
1: thus far. (laughs) Yeah, no,
0: and I'm not gonna. This isn't gonna be a story I read to you guys, or really tell you what it's about, because. The longer you read the book, the more you're like, "Oh my god." Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not gonna read this one to you. But it was like a break in the book, like closer towards the end. It's probably like in the like page like sixty it's to seventy into range. Sections. Yeah, it's broken yeah. into like three sections, and it's in that third section. And there's like a story that feels very like wholesome as you're reading it. And I'm like, oh, this is like a dramatic. change of pace from everything else i've been reading because it doesn't feel like dark dark when you first read but there's a lot of dark undertones that like start playing in more and more the further you get into it and i was just like oh this is kind of wholesome like maybe we're you know changing directions in the very last sentence of the story Like, I was like, oh, this is really cute. This is really wholesome. The very last sentence. I was like, no, it's not at all.
1: (laughs) It changes the whole meaning of the last page and a half or whatever. Yeah.
0: And I didn't see it coming at all. So kudos to you for pulling that one off. Because I was like, oh, God.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's beautiful when (laughs) it works. It's beautiful. It's what we were talking on the porch about misdirection. Yeah.
0: So, like, as a writer, like, how difficult is that to pull off? Because I've read stories or watched movies or whatever that like you can see it coming from a mile away you know yeah. so how how difficult do you think that is to Arroyo, pull off
1: successfully I, can, I wish I remembered the name of the author but Arroyo both times I took his class uh, brought up this one quote that was talking about I hate being tricked don't try to trick me Um. so I hate it when it's like, wish I had a good example of it, but where it doesn't, like, I can't go back and put it together after knowing the final detail. Mm -hmm. So you need to be able to weave in just enough that it's going to be obvious when you go back and reread that story.
0: I feel like, which I haven't seen it in years, that could be... It's like
1: exclusion as a lie, you know, like, like the, the lobster heartbeat Mm -hmm. changes the mood of the entire scene because for a moment you're like, oh my God, Polinic was a master of that where he would like tell you a whole story and then like, it would be like, I turned around and my mother had been watching me masturbate for the past (laughs) 45 minutes. Like, (laughs) you'd be like, oh shit. Like, I thought this was a shameful moment. And then you turn around and realize you didn't spend it alone. Like, Like, yeah, you know, Misdirection's huge. It's
0: very... Uh, again, it's been years since yeah. I've seen it, so I could be wrong. But I feel like I remember Memento being the first movie where I was like, oh, God, that was so obvious. Like, And I didn't see it at all. Yeah. And then you have to go back and rewatch the entire movie. And it's like, ah, oh, like, there the whole time. Have mm-hmm. you ever seen Memento?
1: A uh, very long time yeah, ago. Like... The one that I brought up on the porch when we were kind of discussing the idea of uh, Misdirection was Seven. Mm -hmm. whereas seven uh kevin spacey if you haven't seen it it's not my fault um (laughs) kevin spacey was not on the billing he's not on the cover of the dvd he's not mentioned in the opening credits but he's shown two or three times on camera in a semi-disguise
0: yeah they show like
1: blurry in the background or the back of his head or he rushes past the guy on the stairs dressed as a news reporter And it's not until the last 15 minutes or so when he walks into the police (coughs) station soaked in blood that you're like, holy fuck, that's Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey's the bad guy, but you've seen him already three or four times.
0: Yeah.
1: Psycho. You see Norman Bates in a wig
0: when he pulls
1: the curtain back. But you don't know that Norma's been dead for five fucking years and she's in the basement and it's her son that's killing everybody. Hitchcock was king in this direction. <laughs> it, 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 it has to be just subtle enough to where they can't put it together. Mm-hmm. Forever, my favorite example is Fracture with Anthony Hopkins. Like It's so obvious in the last 15 minutes. And that one pulls a double misdirect.
0: It's actually one I haven't seen. You've told me about uh, it. but We, I we seen have it. to
1: watch Fracture. I might make you watch it tonight. but...
0: I tried, which I got complimented on it. Um, so I guess it worked in my favor. It's a shitty little short film I did in college. So it's not like it's impressive. But I tried it once in uh, the film that I did where my nieces were tied up. Yeah. Um, and which not
1: Zombie Golf. No, no.
0: <laughs> all this classic cinema I'm making. <laughs> um, it's a zombie spray. Okay, I was like that was my final project for that semester, and I had a lot on my plate. So that I'll admit that was a bullshit. Um, that was a bullshit film that I was just like get something done, <laughs> and I waited a good year or two to finally put it up on my YouTube because I didn't like it. But yeah. that that. Disaster of a film aside. You, like <laughs> I'll like, admit, ten it's times bad. better
1: than anything I'd be able to put together.
0: But, but um, no, the one where they were tied up, which I have it, which is stupid on my part, but I just think it's a cool picture, so whatever. I have it as like the cover photo for the YouTube video, so you see how it ends before you ever yeah. even click on the video. But um, you know, the way I shot it, you only see like, them from the shoulders up and um it's shot so that they're positioned on the far end of the frame so it looks like they're facing each other when they're talking to each other and then halfway through the conversation i pull the camera back and you can see that they're sitting in chairs with their backs to each Mm -hmm. other and like they turn their head back to talk (laughs) to each other but you still don't really get what's going on and the very final shot is like a full frame shot of like the whole scene and you can see they're tied up in chairs back to back but yeah that was my like one attempt at it and I got complimented on it a couple of times so I guess it worked out. but You know what
1: that reminds me of though? Just kind of sticking to the same theme is Saw. Like that first Saw movie there'd never been anything like that. Mm-hmm. Where the whole thing plays out. The killer is on the floor with his brains blown out for the entire fucking movie and then they start playing the theme song. It goes do do do, do do do, do do do, do do do. And they play back all the scenes they've already shown you to reveal how they tricked you. And they do that shit like once every two years. Like <laughs> they bust them out. At this point, I know all the Saw tricks. The Wang brothers are not going to fucking get me again, (laughs) but I don't know if they still make those, but, um, no, those first three Saw movies, it's like, if you leave this room, your son will die. And it's like, well, it's because the son is actually in the safe that he will not give them the combination code for, and... The safe has got a time release, and if the guy's not here, then the kid's gonna die because he's gonna run it out of oxygen.
0: Let's get it. <laughs> pull that off very well a couple of times. Yeah, they're a little, little gory for me. But well, they, they got, a, they got a little
1: ridiculous in the end because the, the, plots got out of control. But those first three films, so you can watch them, and even today, I'll forget, just who went, said what and went where and. Mm-hmm. It was almost groundbreaking on the idea of misdirection. It's like, we're going to make you watch this movie and then we're going to make you feel dumb for not picking up on it.
0: So, cause like kind of going back to my question, I asked you said earlier, when we were talking outside that, um, your novel, which I haven't read. Yeah. Um, the
1: nightmare box. Cause I'm so good at names.
0: <laughs> technically, <laughs> technically I borrowed your name. So really, I guess that's on me, but, um, you said, I haven't read it yet, so I don't know, but you said your mom, like, when she read it, was like, oh, I didn't see that coming. So, like, again, like, how, how difficult is that? Like, did you know from the beginning, like, all the points you were going to kind of sow those seeds? Or did you have to go back later and be like, let me, like, put a little dash of this here and a little dash of that there. Like well, my, how my,
1: my, my overall idea, and I can't give it away because yeah, I've not edited it yet, um,
0: Well, it's not was released to have yet,
1: this so... character and then a part of that character's story. mm mm-hmm. Um, is the misdirection, mm-hmm. but the way it's written now, and because we're talking about it, in, you know, live. I mean, I have to change some things. I have to change a shitload. I got to do a full rewrite of like hundred and fifty-some odd pages, and probably bang it well, out if you at don't like three hundred pages. But no, I'll talk about. I was
0: it. like, we don't have to talk about it.
1: But the opening line to the story as it is now, and it will not be at you know, in the future release, is the giveaway. So when you get the plot twist, if you look back to the very first sentence, that will tell you what has happened. But I move on and I never bring up that first sentence again.
0: Okay, I'll tell you about it. I was it like, off, off air. air, you have to tell me what it is because now I'm very curious. Yeah,
1: I'll <laughs> tell you about it off air. But it gets brought up in the first sentences it says and then it comes up two or three times as tensions move and then the story takes over and the story becomes this whole other entity and then when the plot twist happens at the very end, you understand why I've set it up this So you
0: knew from the very beginning of the story it was going to be that way? It was
1: about... Michael.
0: <laughs> Again, It's so always about
1: Michael. It's a, I, every story is Michael. You know? <laughs> I'll come up with a name for him later, but for right now, he's Michael. <laughs> and um, I knew that he had this one particular character flaw, mm-hmm. and so I was able to set the rest of the story in motion knowing what his perspective of it would be but not fully understanding and that's why I need to do the rewrite, how everybody else would react to did, this one particular case. Did you
0: only form. do the, the one go through of it like you wrote it and that was it? You haven't revisited it since or Yeah,
1: because okay. my computer got melted in the rain and now I have to retype the entire oh. original manuscript. <laughs> Which is part of the
0: reason I haven't read it. Which well no, I didn't I didn't know if you would like Gone back and like reread it or like worked on it past I've, the initial. I've reread
1: it. It's good. The story is brilliant. The writing is lacking <laughs> because well, it's written by a like 23 year old who hadn't gone to school yet. It was my first attempt at writing anything long form. I, you know, my, my own personal amateurish ways, but the story is something that I have faith in and mm-hmm. I'm. Very, Eventually, very one exciting. day
0: we'll be plugging a link where you can go buy this
1: book. A hundred percent. Still gonna. Probably sometime in the next two years. Once I get to the undisclosed location and have, I have time. a little bit more time <laughs> to fucking get my goddamn job done, I'll be happy as hell. <laughs> got that? I got a whole book about a. Pedophilic vigilante, not a pedophilic vigilante. <laughs> he a kills vigilante pedophiles. who kills pedophiles. Um,
0: <laughs> that the, did come off the total That's opposite. the short
1: and skippy, but it has also got a massive misdirection inside of it. So I'm very excited about that. Um, you can buy the Madman Diaries at
0: the Nightmare Box blog. Goddamn right, you can. <laughs> or Amazon. Now,
1: misdirection is important, and how do you do it in film? Because we talk all the time, uh, you and I, and like academics at uh, bachelor mm-hmm. uh, degree level, um, about the checkoff gun, checkoff gun uh, perspective, mm-hmm. and in film you can overshow your hand. Like yeah. if they would have put Kevin Spacey's name on the bill and then not shown him until the last fifteen minutes, you're going to sit there the entire time and go, "Oh, well, Kevin Spacey's the bad guy." Yeah. Uh,
0: I mean, I've only personally attempted to do it for that one little short film but I guess there are probably a couple of ways to go about it depending on what you're doing like with you know a character like that like you or even with Saw you know you kind of drop in hints of where they were but you don't really like explicitly show them or what they're doing or whatever and then with mine it was just camera angles like you can pull a lot of tricks by choosing what you show and what you don't show like literally in every shot that we shot for the little short film that I did, they were tied to those chairs, Mm -hmm. like literally back to back. I didn't restage the scene at all for that. I just moved the camera over or zoomed in or moved the camera closer or whatever. So, you know, camera angles can play a huge part in that. And then like with Chekhov's gun, yeah, I think there's a fine line, like...
1: Well, like characters and... I mean, actors and like uh, the way that you you shoot it, those are massive. Mm Mm-hmm. Didn't work in Cloverfield for me. <laughs> Remember how mad I was? I was like, they just did that oh. M Night Shyamalan shit. Well, they just tricked me at the last
0: moment. And that was Cloverfield Lane, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't the original yeah. Cloverfield. Which, I mean, if they hadn't ended it the way they ended it, it would have been a brilliant film. Yeah. Like, it was very well done up until the tail end, and then it just got
1: silly. But there would have been ways to, like, tease that to mm-hmm. where it would have made it believable, you know, at the end. I'm like, yeah. no, you guys just needed a reason to fucking end this movie. Yeah.
0: You know? <laughs> and potentially set it up for a sequel. But with, like, Chekhov's gun... Um like there is a rule in filmmaking which you you've, you've got to be careful about the way that you do that that anything that you show in a close up shot had better be important whether it's your character's face it better be because this is an important scene and you're really trying to get a grasp of how your character's feeling or if there's an object on the table or whatever if you show it up close and in detail there better be a reason it's there but um like I feel like if you linger too long then you Aggressively, like, state the importance of it. So, yeah, like, um, with the dolls, I guess, whenever we did the opening sequence where, um, Paul smashes the doll's face, like, instead of showing the hammer close-up we did a wide shot where you could see the tools because he's in a workshop in the background and you could see not like clearly in focus or whatever that there were tools like hanging on the wall behind him and that hammer was there the entire time and then we do a close-up 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 of like him fucking up the makeup on the doll's face and you get that like clenching of his hand so it was like a little more subtle like feeling the rage and then we go back to the wide and he like goes and picks up the hammer and smashes smashes it. So like I guess if there's a specific object, like don't over show it. Well we
1: showed that scene, but if I remember correctly, and it might be I haven't watched it in a while, I might mm-hmm. be thinking of one of the earlier edits where it revolved around to the chainsaw, but the chainsaw wasn't like the focus of the scene, like yeah. the hammer, was the focus of the scene. So, in our own small way, the misdirection would be like: Is he going to beat them to death with a hammer? And then, when he freaks out, he picks up the chainsaw. Uh,
0: yeah. Well, you couldn't see the hammer in that scene, I don't think. But um, we go back into the the wood shop later. And the chainsaw is just kind of casually laying amongst the wreckage of all these dolls. And the tools are still on the walls in the background. And Mandy, is that the name of the character that dies? I think mm-hmm. that's right, yeah. I should know my own film that better than this. That is yeah. yeah. Um Yeah. Mandy goes into the workshop and the chainsaw for most of the film has just kind of casually been laying there. And so, yeah, like it... it it was there the whole time, but you don't really realize that it's gonna matter until that moment. So yeah, I don't.
1: Maybe that's the importance of the misdirection. Then, Is like it has to be both small enough to where it's subtle, but big enough to where it can you know do it's enough there. damage. But it's the minor focus. Yeah. You
0: know. Like if you're gonna same.
1: It's like an uppercut.
0: Yeah, same concept, you know, talking about the dolls specifically. If we had just like shown the chainsaw in full frame for like three or 30 seconds, three minutes would be extreme. I was about to say three minutes, that'd just be a boring <laughs> fucking shot for like 30 full seconds. Like, that's a whole Then it's just project. like, you just throw a chainsaw <laughs> on the floor for three minutes in complete silence. This is the whole film. It's
1: like, it's so phallic.
0: Uh, but yeah, if you like just linger there for an excessively long time because I. 30, like that sounds very small, but a 30 second shot is a pretty long long shot. shot. (laughs) A pretty long ass shot. A 30 second
1: shot is a long
0: ass shot. So, like, show it, don't excessively show it, don't linger too long, but don't be like, if you don't show it all and then it's like conveniently like oh and then i found this chainsaw (laughs) in the corner over there like don't just pull some oh my
1: god i found (laughs) aliens god damn it it's like it pisses me off about signs with mel gibson weird thing to pick up right now (laughs) turns out same thing that killed the wicked witch of the fucking east it's the same thing that kills all the aliens. And it's like, oh, if you I get like, wet, they fucking die. Like, you don't have to do something bigger than that.
0: I like the setup. Like, the setup was kind of casual, but the ending is a bit silly. Like the Yeah, boy, but that's
1: the problem with sci-fi.
0: <laughs> but, like, the girl being weirdly picky about her glass of water being dirty. Like, they put some emphasis on it, but they don't just over-exaggerate it. And then the brother, having been a former, you know star baseball player that choked up yeah and like that's what he's known for it's like oh that's kind of sad he ended up being this loser but you don't really realize it's gonna really matter until like the tell end and then it's like swing away and then <laughs> yeah okay like the the concept of them coming to a planet mostly made of water and Water Kills Them is a little stupid. But the setup of it was well done. No,
1: it's like M. Night Shyamalan and everything except for The Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense was the only time. (gasps) That and um, Split are the two movies where I'm like, you earned a career. You're brilliant. The Village, The Village can go fuck its mother (laughs) twice as hard in half the time. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, I didn't think of the sixth sense. The sixth sense is probably, honestly, my favorite example of it because of the misdirect. That's incredibly I obvious. Once you know, people
1: is like one of the early lines.
0: But the whole setup of the dinner scene—his wife won't even acknowledge him, and she just gets up and leaves without him. And you're like, "That's so sad." Yeah. And then it's like, "Oh my god, he's dead."
1: <laughs> he's been dead the whole time, and they told you he was dead before they rolled the yeah, intro. They show him getting credits. shot and everything dude... Like, yeah, that was a, yeah, I don't
0: know why that was... The
1: Sixth Sense mind. is one of the greatest misdirections of all time. The problem is he busted his nut on the Sixth Sense and then he just kept trying to play that same trick. And it's like, no, dude, we know what you're doing now. You have to switch it up. You can't just be like, the village is there and there's an obviously zippered thing that's hiding in the woods. And then like civilizations 15 fucking feet away like we got that we gathered <laughs> splits my favorite
0: which i don't think misdirection by any means is the king of writing or cinema like that doesn't uh, necessarily no, mean it, you have to do it every time it's period. a brilliant
1: trick you but, shouldn't do yeah. it every time when you get it yeah.
0: right it's, it's like that uh it's twilight like zone trick. no that twilight zone episode we watched where they crash land and then they landed on earth
1: yeah they were just in the middle of like fucking Arizona yeah, or some shit. That one like was pretty that. good too. You that's thought they were example. on Mars. Yeah. Twilight Zone's a brilliant example because they were all able to offer the misdirect week after week. Mm-hmm. They got fifty-two episodes. I'll never yeah, they, get fucking bored. Yeah, with that. they
0: do it a lot actually. The girl <gasps> being dead that's driving. I didn't see that one coming either. Like, I kind of like picked up on it before they outright said it. The
1: girl that's waiting in the bus station and she's just waiting on death to arrive, like. Twilight Zone is a master we class. We that
2: again. Yeah,
1: it's a master class of misdirection. And it's done in black and white. Super 8 or whatever the fuck, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, 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 it's a brilliant move, but it's like a great card trick. You can have a great card trick, but then you better pull a rabbit out of the hat the, mm-hmm. next, the next trick. Don't just sit there and show me card tricks where I'm like oh you have the queen of hearts again (laughs) don't abuse the misdirect weaving in that what I like about Polonik um is that he weaves in the misdirect throughout the story
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh in in small ways but he never lies to you about the outcome Mm -hmm. the outcome almost leaves you feeling hopeless His one great misdirect is Tyler Durden is a figment of the narrator's imagination. Yeah, that's a
0: good example, too, actually. Fight Club.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, he's got multiple personality disorder. And the final chapter is him talking to God against this giant oak table, and he's just been put in a mental institution. So his great misdirect is that Tyler Durden never existed. But he doesn't revisit that Mr. you know, like all of his characters are like mentally ill to a level, but he never goes back to that same trick. So, you know that he's fucking with you, but you don't know how he's fucking with you. Yeah. <laughs> and he's pulled that off time and time again. Choke. If you haven't read Choke. Pause this, move forward about 15 seconds. I haven't read yet. Sex addict is convinced that he is the descendant of Jesus Christ because his mother is a schizophrenic and his girlfriend is a schizophrenic. So she confirms through quote unquote medical studies. But she's just a schizophrenic at the hospital that he goes mm-hmm. to, and they allow her to wear a lab coat, and they give her an access badge to every door except the exit. That's So she can pretend to be a doctor.
0: A little unsafe. Yeah.
1: Well, she can move about freely because she believes she's a doctor, mm-hmm. and she's only dealing with other mental patients. He is convinced that she is a doctor and that he is the descendant of the Son of God.
0: Oh, that's sad. Yeah.
1: It's a brilliant fucking trick. I'm King of the that. misdirect, I'm giving it to Chuck Polnick <laughs> <laughs> You can call me a 15-year-old, but son of a bitch, you <laughs> wasn't great at it. Poe didn't give you a good misdirect ever. <laughs> Telltale heart he told you right off the front. <laughs> so I've killed a guy he's in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> he's do. underneath the floorboards.
0: I do like the Raven. It's a good poem.
1: <clears throat> I hate the Raven, but I probably read it forty times and it drove me up the wall. We're running out of steam. Have we gotta do I, I don't know.
0: Any? I don't know what else. I think I ran out of topics. I blew through all mine.
1: Um, my only other thing, and I'll kind of close off with this because we're about an hour in.
2: Woo!
1: Hell yeah! Um, I went out on a smoke break this week. Somebody has taken down my my sign, my Aww. my narc sign. It might have got blown out. We've had a lot of storms. Yeah, um, that's true. But I met a guy on the sidewalk uh, this week when I went outside to go smoke a cigarette. And normally, when there's a homeless person walking up and down the sidewalk, uh, they're waiting on me to give them a cigarette. Um, or they're gonna tell me that their car is a Bentley or you know something like that. And this guy goes, Hey man, do you got three dollars? I'm like three dollars away from getting a taxi ride, which I've heard from meth addicts a thousand times. And as I do, I opened up my wallet to see what I had to spare. See if I had three dollars because if I had three, I'd give him three, and I didn't have three, I had a five. So I gave him a five, and he thanked me, and he tried to hug me, and I'm like, I don't hug homeless people, (laughs) I appreciate it.
0: You're not much of a hugger in general.
1: I I love hugging my friends. (laughs) Uh, I don't like hugging people, (laughs) strangers. I'm not a big fan of it. Um, And I sent him on his way, thinking that, you know, he's going to take that five, he's going to shoot up, and, you know, uh, God bless him, but... Around four thirty, five o'clock in the afternoon, I went back outside to go smoke another cigarette. And uh, he was walking from the other direction. He had this yellow piece of paper in his hand. And on the piece of paper, he had five or six rehab clinics and their phone number. And he'd taken my $5 to help him go to a place that helps people find a rehab clinic. And he was furious because the one that he loves, that he's been to before, that he wants to go back to, uh, they wrote the phone number down wrong. So he kept getting, you know, rejected. So I pulled out my phone and I corrected the phone number. And he was damn near in tears. He was so fucking excited Mm -hmm. because there is an opportunity now for him. to get the help that he needs. To get the help that he knows that he needs. Now I asked him what his demon was. And he answered me and he told me it was fucking Akhenaten or <laughs> it. it was some actual meth demon that he'd probably come to from spending 36 hours awake staring at the stain in the wall. You know, mm-hmm. losing his shit. And, um... I was like, no, dude, I meant the drug. And he says ice, you know, a crystal. And I didn't ask him why he got into that or how he got into that. I wasn't concerned with uh, the last time he used or bought it. I just told him, you know, um, that I was proud of him. I sat outside for five, ten minutes talking to him, and, like, he had a polo shirt on, and he was, like, still way (laughs) over-shaven, still super skinny, and he's got scabs coming up. But he kept telling me, he's like, I know if I can get two weeks, I'm gonna be okay, but there's no way I can get two weeks unless I can get into this clinic. Yeah.
0: Detox period is hell. (laughs) I can't imagine it. I don't know that. From personal experience, I work in a hospital. Yeah, no, I've, I've,
1: I've detoxed pills. I've, you know, never had to detox anything harder than Oxy, and that was not crystal meth. <laughs> um, but that's my, my update on my own little war against the uh, crystal that I see every goddamn day in the city so uh, if you're out there and you're dealing with your struggle as always god bless you but i'm going to give you the same piece of advice that i gave that guy on the sidewalk which is don't lose momentum get your ass in that clinic if you can see that there is a problem you're on the brink of the move to an undisclosed location you're on the brink of moving away from your own wild version of this stagnant lifestyle. And I'm proud of you um, for pushing against that, and for realizing that you've faced a hell that nobody else is going to be able to understand. Get that two weeks. I say while I drink my King Cobra. <laughs> in my apartment so take it with a word of salt but I promise I love you and I swear to God if there's anything we can do send us an email at (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: nightmareboxproductions at gmail
1: and where can you find us on twitter
0: that would be at nightmareboxpro
1: maybe you're looking for pictures and shit and Like, hey, yo, they got this cool thing called Instagram.
0: (laughs) That would be at Nightmare Box Productions.
1: And what's your YouTube channel?
0: YouTube.com slash Kristen Pennington.
1: And the website where you can buy the Madman Diaries at the bottom of the page?
0: (laughs) TheNightmareBox.blog.
1: Do we miss anything? I don't think so. Fantastic. I'm sorry to, like, kind of dampen the mood at the end. (laughs) It's called a misdirect. (laughs) But I'm gonna. I love you. I love you. I love you more. I love you most. I love you more than that. Lies. You want to go make salmon? I do. <laughs> Move to an undisclosed location. Mm-hmm. Just spend the rest of our lives doing creative sh- shit.
0: I do. Fight the fucking
1: power. <laughs> and I love you guys. I will catch you later this week.